CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. You're tuned into the Montreal Sessions. Uh, it is just after 3 o'clock. We'll be with you until 5 p.m. today. Uh, thanks for joining us. The Montreal Sessions this month is hosted by the Howell Arts Collective. Um, we are a group that looks at the intersections between struggles for justice against oppression uh, and the arts. Um, every year uh, in April, we have our annual festival, which is taking place right now, uh, this week. Um, so it's a pleasure to be highlighting um, throughout this month uh, some of the voices, the artists, um, the groups, um, creators uh, that are part of the annual festival. Um, so thanks for joining us. I'm your host uh, today, Stefan Christoph. Um, so today uh, we're going to be presenting um, um, a few in-studio guests. Uh, we're going to be having a performance uh, by poet and musician Jason Blackbird Salmon, uh, who's a founding member of Community Vibe Collective in Montreal, which is an improvisational music group focused on black music. Uh, Jason is also a founding member of Nomadic Massive Hip Hop Collective um, and is a poet. Uh, his book, first book was The Freedom I Stole, and uh, he'll be releasing a new book uh, this upcoming Saturday uh, at Casa del Popolo on St. Laurent Street as part of Howl Festival. We'll get to that a bit later. Uh, also, we have an in-studio interview with Best Fern, which is a duo project uh, between... Um, uh, two Montreal musicians, Nick Schofield, uh, who is uh, playing uh, electronics uh, in the project, and Alexia Avina, uh, who's also on electronics and voice. Uh, their project's called Best Fern, and that will be uh, taking place as part of the HAL Festival um, this upcoming Sunday uh, at an event called Noise Sunday. We'll give the full details a bit later. Uh, we started the program today uh, with a solo Santur recording um, by artist Amir Amiri, uh, who um, has been a longtime collaborator with Howl Arts. And this was a piece I wanted to play because it was recorded um, as part of the Montreal Sessions in 2014, a couple years ago. Um, and uh, that was recorded here at the uh, CKUT studios. So uh, Amir's in that piece was playing the Santur. That's a 72-string 70, uh, hammer dulcimer. Uh, it's at the heart of uh, Persian classical music. Um, Amir is just a great artist, and I would encourage people to check him out. So the time is 3, 3.10, and uh, now I'm going to play for you one of a series of conversations that I've been recording with organizers of the Howell Festival. Howell Festival is organized by a small collective. Um, it involves myself um, um, and four others. Uh, Kevin Lowe, who's a designer. Uh, Kai Kello, who is a poet and writer. Hera Chan, who's a curator and activist. Nick Schofield, who's a musician and also a curator. Uh, also a radio host. So the five of us have been organizing this festival and as a way to try to share some of the ideas behind the festival uh, and what is driving our work, um, I recorded short conversations with the fellow organizers as, why, uh, as a way to, um, to share with the public why we're doing this uh, with no funding, no grants, 
no sponsorships, uh, very much a grassroots community project. So I'm going to play for you um, the exchange with Kai Kello, um, who's, as I mentioned, one of the organizers of the festival. Um, and uh, you're listening to the Montreal Sessions on CKUT 90.3 FM. Hi, so um, it is the um, 15th of April now, uh, a day before the Howell Festival. <laughs> I'm with Kai Kello, um, just off Jean Talon. And um, basically, we've been recording these um, small um, discussions, conversations, and it's sort of an attempt to present a capsule or a, a picture of some of the ideas of the, the people who've been involved in putting Howl Festival together and, and the ideas around the work. So the festival's coming up and mm -hmm. there's a lot happening, but I, I'm wondering, you know, Montreal's a city of festivals. There's so many big, you know, corporate funded festivals, mainstream festivals that whose main objective is to be big be brash you know and and to occupy the the quartier the spectacle um you know our approach is slightly different but it's also grounded in some also political ideas I, i'm wondering if you could share um for people who are interested in howl and are going to be coming to the festival what are some of the the ideas that are important from from your point of view that are driving this festival and and also your contributions to it um Well, I mean, I think that that's a great place to start. I mean, I think in Howell, the festival is um, one of the things that we try to do when we talk about events and we talk about programming and we talk about themes for the festival. There's a constant discussion of ideas that are relevant to what's going on um, in the lives of people in our society. Um, mm -hmm. So the aim of the festival is not um, to have a party, The aim of the festival is not to um, have capital F fun. It's that's that's that doesn't mean that we are acting in opposition to that. But that's not just the central aim of the festival for people to I come see, and have yeah. fun, right? Um, uh, we're engaged in uh, an attempt to uh, program innovative art that also. Um, maintains a sense of innovation but also manages to uh, interrogate and discuss uh, things that are going on in our society. You know, so, we were talking about yeah. um, um, a Howell exhibit the other day that talks about um, uh, representations of African Americans in um, uh, advertising and the relationship to the actual image of people in real life, right? Mm. So. The art is definitely engaged in, in, in a lot of different ways, on a lot of different levels. So that's, that's, that's the aim. Yeah, so, I mean, why is that distinction between, like... I mean, obviously, people go to a, a, a concert, and Howell hosts a lot of concerts, obviously. Um, but why is that distinction between the party uh, as opposed to, you know, events that, that do have, like, this sort of transcendental aspect, you know, in terms of music... And, and, you know, that is an experience, an enjoyable one, but there's also that other layer. Why, why do you make that distinction? Why is that distinction important, do you think, in terms of how we've tried to approach things? And, and, and how does that relate also to what the other things going on in the city? And why is that different approach important from your point of view? Well, because I think that the former approach 
um, the hosting a, cor a giant corporate sponsored party, for instance, on some in, in the case of some festivals, is a political gesture and it's a political idea. Mm. It's the idea is to foreground um, a space that appears mm. to be apolitical, that appears to be inclusive, uh, but at the same time, it is a specific decision to foreground, you know, um, dancing to the music, mm. um, being hip. As opposed mm. to actually discussing ideas that are mm. that are 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 at the heart of different social concerns in our society and that are being further discussed through art, right? Mm. Um, and so we make explicit that we're making the other decision. Mm. Um, and I think it's also important because it's it's important to there are a lot of festivals in Montreal, and I think it is important to question the terms of the festivals, the terms on which the festivals are. Um, Held. Mm -hmm. um, there are some festivals that are not, um, uh, you know, giant, like, pop parties, basically. Sure. Um, and that there are other event series that are very much uh, engagé, you know. Oui. Um, and um, and I think that those series are great that discuss issues of, of sexuality, gender, mm -hmm. um, the intersections of gender, race, and sexuality, mm -hmm. uh, issues of, of class, mm -hmm. race, and ability, and the various intersections among those um, concerns and, and states of being. So, mm -hmm. um, and that really foreground that. And I think that's important to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad that the Howell Collective engages in foregrounding those approaches and those discussions. I remember this exchange that you you um, put forward on the Resonance Reading Series blog for mm -hmm. the, the poetry readings that are happening at Resonance Cafe, and there I'd never seen it articulated in that maybe direct of a way uh, from like artists within our milieu when you were talking about. Um, I just I would uh, political art versus non political art, and often people use this offhand or shorthand mm -hmm. to say, oh well, that's political art. Oh, that's art. Yeah. And it, I'm just wondering if you could explore a bit more of that idea, because increasingly, like, in the time that we're living, we're seeing more and more people challenging that, that breakdown of political art versus non-political art. Um, so I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about some of the ideas you were writing about um, in that interview exchange on the Resonance Reading Series blog, and also um, how that impacts, you know, artists in our city, but also more, more generally. Uh, well, I, I think from what I recall, I mean, one of the things that I'm saying is that I I, um, I remember a time when um, art, you know, works by certain artists, in particular artists of color, queer artists, could be dismissed out of hand um, by saying, "Oh, well, that's political mm -hmm. work," you know, um, and 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 then in other circles, mm -hmm. um, art was praised because it was socially engaged, uh, it had a political edge, and the fact was simply that for some of us, just to simply address mm. um, the conditions of our existence and of our history is um, for, for some of us, we are talking about the objective conditions that we exist in. But for others, that appears to be a political challenge, right? Mm. And those who feel to be challenged by that mm. um, in the past have been able to just dismiss work as quote-unquote political. Mm. Um, but at the same time, art that is that does not d address um, socially challenging subjects head on, um, it makes a distinct decision not to do that. 
and it sure. broadcasts its identity very loudly by not doing that. What do you and, mean by broadcast? Well, it broadcasts its identity. Like you, like it, it, it tells you where it's from in terms of. Um, it's it, in terms of I can I'll say this it's 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 like a like a kind of middle class we were talking about this earlier sort of middle class discreteness where you don't talk about certain things you're very careful to skirt certain subjects in order to maintain uh, a, a veneer of politeness right um, and so Seems what it talks about is well yeah I mean that's the kind of it's like uh, like like maintaining the polite dinner conversation and allowing it to keep going by not um, uh, uh, engaging with, 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 with subjects that, that start with the capital R, race, or the capital Q, queer, or, or the other capital R for radical or anything like that, right? So, um, yeah, it broadcasts its identity by not, by, by, by holding back from engaging those topics. You know, and that says a lot about class aspirations. It potentially says something about race. Mm -hmm. Um, it might say something about what a person's ambitions are mm -hmm. and how conventional those ambitions are mm -hmm. um, and how fragile they are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it might say a, a great deal more about a person's background and the traditions, the artistic traditions uh, that they are invested in. Mm. Well, it's interesting what, what you're saying in terms of also Montreal as a city because Montreal often identifies with jazz in quotations. But a certain history, history of jazz seems pretty disconnected from a lot of the, the real history. Well, I mean, yeah, Montreal does have a lot of history with, with the jazz community, with the jazz art form. Um, but, um, I mean, Montreal has produced a few jazz giants, right? Sure. But it's very hard to, in a sense, see that music and the vitality of that music yeah. and, the, and, the, and the street level human engagement in you know, is it the Du Maurier Tinto Alcan Festival? Like that? I think that's that, what it's that, that's uh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, the Labatt Tinto Maurier Festival. Well, I think Du Maurier is uh, it's it's cigarettes. That that's off. They got a car manufacturer or something now. Oh, okay, okay. Well, um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's the, I mean, it, it, it's very difficult to discern. I'll say actually, speaking of music in Montreal, like and the jazz festival. One of the things that I have in spite of myself, always liked about the jazz festival, is that for many years they maintained a stage called Tropique, which was a stage where you could go down in, close to Place des Arts and you could see for free every single night music programming from around the world. So you'd see bands from uh, uh, Sierra Leone, you'd see bands from uh, Cuba, you'd see bands from uh, you know Trinidad, all kinds of places, right, for free. And you would never see those as part of any other festival, no matter how progressive in the city. Or you would very rarely... You, you wouldn't see that same extended grouping over the period of, like, two weeks, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of... That, that, and that was a, a conscious decision on the part of the festival to highlight that kind of music sure. and to bring that kind of music to the festival uh, and to attract the audience for that kind of music, right? right? Which included people like me. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's extremely difficult to to discern what connection, like the 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 giant kind of, you know, uh, corporate jazz festival has to uh, the history of jazz in Montreal. Like I don't, like jazz is not a um, a corporate music. Mm. But um, but yeah. So so it's just difficult to see the links between jazz music 
um, and the, the, the everyday reality of that, what it would be like sure. to actually make the music and see the music made live and all of the corporate, um, you know, context of the festival. That to me is, um, is, is divergent, mm, mm, mm. you know, those are two, two things are not, uh, they don't share the same aims. Mm. Could you, what do you mean by that? Um, well, I don't think that the purpose of playing jazz music or, or is, is to turn a profit, mm, mm. you know, that's, that's not the purpose of it. Mm, mm, mm. But it's interesting because, I mean, this, you know, we're having this, these conversations with people who've been around organizing the Howl Festival and it's the third year now in, in this incarnation and um, one thing that's come up in some of the other discussions is the fact that nobody's making any money but you know there's no there's no um, I mean there's some symbolic amounts going around but in terms of salaried workers right like right. this is this is an initiative that comes together out of people sort of passing energy back and forward and making something happen. It just as compared to other processes, that's pretty different. Um, mm -hmm. And that's how it's happening. Um, and it is what it is. But I'm just wondering if you had any thoughts about uh, why putting that out there is important. Because I think sometimes people don't get that uh, in terms of understanding where something's coming from. But um, what does that mean to you as, as an artist and also as a curator yourself? One of the things I, th I think is that um, there's a commonly held, I will make the generalization, that there's a commonly held belief that um, what participation in the arts necessarily means is that you get involved on a more or less grassroots level and then you climb that level uh, to the point where you reach some degree of broad recognition uh, that is distinct from your experience at the grassroots level mm -hmm. and that is superior to that. And once you've reached that degree of broad recognition, then you've arrived as an artist. So there's this kind of process of arrival. And um, I think that there are a lot of really interesting creative thinkers out there. One would be um, Jason from the Community Vibe Collective, who in spite of the success of a number of the projects yeah. that he's been involved in, he has always shown to be, you know, to have ex an extremely limited investment in in um, uh, pop music and pop culture. And the structure you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And he is interested in the arts, from what I know from interacting with him, as a really vital organ for community development, for engagement, for yeah. nurturing, um, not just as something that you do to advance yourself, but something that... Uh, but but as a deep human engagement mm -hmm. and as a communion with uh, the forces that, um, mm. you know, put mm. you on this planet and Community. and keep you alive, right? Mm. Um, both inside you and historically. So mm. um, that I think is the model of of mm -hmm. of art and arts engagement that I'm interested in and that I see reflected in the ideas and, mm -hmm. and approaches of many of the people in the Howell Collective. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that we eschew being successful in one way or another as artists, mm -hmm. but that that's where we, um, uh, that's, the, that's the real origin of our work and our thinking, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, and so I think that that is one of the things that, that uh, really kind of binds us together in our thinking and mm -hmm. our you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. activities. Mm -hmm. And does that have a relationship to you with um, ideas of like, because there is that link that is made clear between social activism and the arts. Um, I'm just, so just for people who might be checking out how events, but um, haven't explored as much, for example, the, the links to like social justice struggles. We were just at that $15 an hour uh, rally going on yeah. organized by a number of groups, but also the immigrant workers center was quite involved, um, you know, uh, for years, uh, been going to these types of events and as artists or just as members of the community. What is the importance of that link? You're talking about um, that sort of bringing together of forces, both on an emotive sense, an artistic sense, but also on a community sense when you're talking about community and also a lot of the ideas around how, for you, how does that relate to that connection to activism? I guess I, I guess I'm also asking because you know I'm also asking that in the sense of like um, you're talking before about how uh, mainstream frameworks for art define art as political when a lot of people start expressing simply their experience of existence uh, in relation to race, in relation to gender, in relation to class, um, and. Um, it's that art has been defined historically and it still happens a lot, especially in Canada as activist art. Um, and at the same time that, um, a lot of the events around Howell prioritize those types of voices, it's presented as art. It's not presented simply as activist art, but it's the artists expressing their experiences. Um, so I'm just wondering if you could offer some thoughts around activism and, because also as an artist, you've addressed these issues for a number of years, but has, have also really focused on your craft as an artist, um, but not simply to, you know, explore a mainstream framework for being a poet, but I, your work has also explored on an emotive sense a lot of these issues. Um, you know, I come from a tradition where getting together and, and, and playing music or, you know, um, the oral tradition, dance, things like that, um, were used to help people, um, you know, experience moments of uh, transcendence mm -hmm. in a world mm -hmm. that was often very hostile and degrading um, and violent, perhaps. And so it was a way, the arts were a way of, um, uh, especially, you know, for some of us here in the New, the, in, in the Americas, um, you know, a way of, um, of, uh, looking beyond those, looking at those material conditions, but also looking beyond them, looking through them, using, you know, humor, using mm -hmm. satire, mm -hmm. using rhythm, using movement, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's a way that art is linked to activism in that it is a way of engaging directly with mm -hmm. the world that we're in, and also of, of envisioning the possibilities for a, a different one, mm. you know, and different conditions of existence. Um, yeah, I would say that that's where that's a very common link right there. Thanks, Kai. Appreciate this. Thanks, Stefan. Yeah.
CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. The time is 3.51, and you're tuned into the Montreal Sessions. Thank you for joining us. Um, Montreal Sessions this month is hosted by the Howell Arts Collective, and we are a group that um, every year organizes a festival at the end of April. Um, But throughout the year, uh, and generally, our work looks at the intersections between the arts and uh, struggles for social justice, uh, struggles against oppression. Um, so this month on the Montreal Sessions, we're uh, highlighting uh, a lot of the artists that we work with and also uh, quite a few of the artists who will be performing at our festival, which is happening right now. Um, so I'll just go over for you what we heard in the last uh, set. Um, to start, um, we we were just finishing up an interview with uh, writer and poet Kai Kello, who's one of the organizers of the festival. Um, and uh, it was basically some, um, uh, some ideas, some of the perspectives that are going into uh, what Howl Festival is about. Um, and uh, we then heard three pieces of music. We heard a piece by violinist Ari Swan uh, that was a recording done at La Salarosa. Um, for Howell's um, project called Ne Papillier, uh, that was an album re- we released last year at the Howell Festival, um, which brought together a bunch of artists um, to perform solo pieces uh, in opposition to austerity um, and to express their feelings around what um, cuts to the arts, but also to public institutions mean. Um, and uh, so we heard Ari Swan's violin piece. We then heard uh, another piece from that album from artist Sam Shalabi, who playing the oud. Uh, that's also from the Napa Pellier album. I wanted to play those two pieces because both those artists are going to be performing uh, tomorrow night at Casa del Popolo on Saint Laurent Street, 4873 Saint Laurent. Uh, Ari Swan uh, will be on violin. Uh, Sam Shalabi will be on guitar and oud. Um, and that is a concert to release a new recording project uh, that I've been working on as part of Howell, uh, a collaboration with uh, New York City saxophonist uh, Ras Moshe, uh, who's on sax, flute, and bells. Um, so the album uh, is recorded in New York at Alwan for the Arts uh, in Lower Manhattan, and will be released tomorrow night uh, on cassette by the Howell Arts Collective. 
that's at Casa del Popolo. And the other uh, artists that um, uh, will be joining us, we heard from a few of them, Ari Swan, Sam Shalabi will also be with uh, Martin Heslop on double bass, and uh, as well as... Um, um, as well as Jonah Fortune on, on double bass. So it should be a great evening. Uh, that's tomorrow night at Casa del Popolo, 4873 Saint Laurent. So uh, you, you are tuned into the Montreal Sessions on CKUT 90.3 FM. And um, we'll be with you for another hour. Uh, in the next hour, we have two uh, uh, sections, uh, studio discussions with artists who are part of the Howell Festival. We'll be in studio with Jason Blackbird Selman on trumpet and poetry. Um, and also Best Fern, uh, which is a duo uh, performing this upcoming Sunday. We'll, we'll hear all about it in a few moments. We're going to be playing a few uh, community announcements now, so do stay tuned. This is the Montreal Sessions on CKUT 90.3 FM. Sound. C. K. K. U. T. T. 90.3 FM Another reliable communication channel
we are live on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. And that was live at the Salarosa. That was laid on me by Best Fern, um, which is the duo. Uh, <laughs> that's your name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi. How's it going, Best Fern? <laughs> are we good? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay. So Best Fern is Alexia Av. Av- Avina and Nick's, <laughs> Nick Schofield, Alexia Avina yeah. and Nick Schofield, welcome to studio. Thank you, Stefan. Um, well, that was a beautiful piece. This was recorded live at the Salarosa at a Island Frequencies concert uh, on Saint Laurent Boulevard. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of um, uh, electronic sampling, voice. Um, so, I guess to start. Um, if you could just talk a bit about this duo project that you have together, Best Fern. I know it's uh, been relatively recent that you developed um, this dialogue, this musical project. Um, I hear a lot of different influences, but maybe I'll start by asking each of you some of the influences you're bringing to this project and also, um, um, yeah, some of the influences you're bringing to the project and what it means to you. Yeah, well, it actually started as a bit of a drone project, just kind of like a Sunday evening, uh, unwind, make some chill drone music, but it started to kind of collect and form into songs. So we decided to continue to develop it. And I'd say some of the influences, we wanted to keep it minimal. Uh, so I remember seeing magical clouds in a church at Halifax Pop Explosion, and that was pretty influential, just electronics and voice. Okay. I like that setup. Okay. Also, uh, Panda Bear. We both love Panda mm, Bear. Right. Yeah. 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 And Alexia, what are some of the the influences and 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 sort of inspirations that are driving your voice? We're hearing your voice in that recording uh, uh, for this project. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because the other recordings are a bit poppier. Um, and I think that I'm channeling Jesse Lanza a bit. Um, also, I would say with all the vocal layerings, blunt chunks is definitely an influence there. Okay, okay. Um, it seems seems to be based a lot on uh, dialogue between you both. Also, it's it's a very communicative project. It, I, I've seen you play once, and I could see that um, it's not really fixed necessarily the pieces I, I see that there's different elements there's different aspects of the composition but that i would imagine each time you play it's it's a different conversation mm-hmm. it's definitely in the moment and i would say rather than having a typical pop structure of intro verse chorus verse so on that is a bit more fluid and that we know kind of like floating down a river sure. where, the, where the curves are when it picks up pace when it slows down Nice. That kind of dialogue. <laughs> so Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's an experiential uh, project. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that term. Mm. So Alexia, you, you're involved in this duet, but you also, you have a solo project. Uh, and I'm sure that you play with um, many other, um, many other different projects around the city. Um, so um, yeah, maybe if you could talk a bit about your work. I, I know that you have your your own solo project that you're working on and, and yeah. Best Fern. Yeah, um, uh, these days I'm playing with Justin Wright on cello, which has been a really magical experience. In addition, it's just the two of us. Um, and I've been working on a full length for a while, and Nick is actually producing it, which 
you and I were talking about that a bit, Stefan, mm -hmm. that he's really great to work with and like a dream come true. Um, yeah, my next show is um, May 6th at Kajibi with Aura nice. Kogan, who I've been listening to her EP for like the past two weeks, like almost every day. It's really good. Um, and uh, I, I've seen you perform solo too at, at the Kajibi. Um, it seems like for both of your work, especially this particular duet, there's a, a very intimate sound to it. There's a very... Um, um, I, I guess you could also, uh, in, in a way, you could almost say it's like a, there's a sort of meditative aspect to what you're doing, uh, sort of uh, uh, visiting of other planes in, in, in mm -hmm. your in your dialogue. Is that is that is that sort of space of reflection and meditation important to this 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 work? I would say so. I feel like it kind of is characteristic of our friendship, like constantly reevaluating ourselves and our positions in relation to others and like how to be more present and um I forgot what I was gonna say. Well so I, I see what you're saying in terms <laughs> of you hear that hear that in the music in terms of present in the now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, it did start as kind of like winding down, chill out Sunday evening drone music. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time one of our earliest sessions, we actually did begin by meditating, and it's often very like candlelit music. So, I remember what I was gonna say. Um, I feel like very strongly characteristic. Oh my god, my stomach is really growling. I can hear that. <laughs> you can our, sample that. <laughs> our um, our music. What is different for for this project as compared to my solo project and I don't know maybe it's the same with you Nick is that it's very uplifting and I've never really written such positive songs but it really revolves around like being being positive about what you can in in life and you know friendship cultivating that well I know both of you as artists are really focused on the community aspect of what you're doing um as as performers but also as active uh, members of the independent music scene in, in the city. Um, so how does that participation influence the work of Best Fern? Uh, well, we're both involved with the local collective Ojai, and uh, it's definitely a very supportive community. Uh, we're also both involved with the plant, and that's been a bit of a hub for us uh -huh. over the last while. That's so, a performance space on Van Horn. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this group of friends and this kind of community space has definitely been extremely supportive and also given us opportunities just to test the waters and uh, friends have been really encouraging. And yeah, um, yeah, I think it wouldn't be the same without them. Mm. And um, you're playing this Sunday, which should be great. And I know that you also have a tour coming up, which is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's in three cities. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's going to be with Merganzer, who uh, is Mika Posen, a really talented violinist and multi-instrumentalist, um, who you might have heard on Last X's most recent album and some Timber Tambor releases. Also, uh, or Tess Roby, local artist. Um, and we're going to be beginning May 12th in, Casa, or in Montreal at Casa, Friday at Transac, uh, in Toronto, and then finishing at Press Cafe on uh, in Ottawa. Nice. Yeah. And it's going to be the same lineup for the whole tour, so really happy to be kind of all going in tandem. Mm. 
So um, we have one other piece of music to play um, from Best Fern. And uh, we are in studio with Alexia Avina and Nick Schofield, uh, who make up Best Fern, uh, who will be performing this Sunday at uh, 3 p.m. at La Plante. Uh, if you want to check out that show, it's at 185 Van Horn. Um, and so that should be a great, great event. I know there's a few other performers at that uh, mm-hmm. that concert. Who else is joining you? Uh, it's going to be uh, an artist who goes as Ka Singh. It's K-A-H Singh. Also, uh, Naja just recently joined the bill. And I believe uh, the fourth is Esther Splett, okay. who I'm not familiar with, but look forward to being introduced to. Um, great. Well, that should be a, a great show. It's again this Sunday at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Sunday at, at 3 p.m. Okay, at La Plante, which is at 185 Van Horn. And it's part of the, the Noise Sunday series as well, which if anyone's been to one before, it's a really relaxed, kind of a slow Sunday vibe. So, okay. The last thing I'll just maybe throw out there is um, I know that both of you live in Montreal and you're very involved in the community here in the city, uh, but you're also from other places. So, um, Alexia, I'll just ask you, um, how is it in Montreal to be an, an artist uh, living in the city? I know you're also a student, but... Um, How has Montreal, the city, shaped um, your voice, your artistic voice, um, um, both in terms of uh, your voice, uh, in terms of singing, but also the whole, you know, all the music projects that you're involved in? How has Montreal been an influence on what you're doing? That's a very good question and really hard, but maybe not very hard. I don't know. I feel like I can't really imagine how my life would have happened otherwise if I hadn't come here. And I'm really extremely grateful to have become embedded um, in such a supportive community of musicians. And I feel definitely I've gained a lot more confidence in my ability to perform. And uh, working with other people like Nick, um, um, has really helped me to expand musically. And I... I mean, I would even be interested in, like, joining a punk band or something like that. You Excellent. Know? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, well, thanks so much to both of you, uh, Alexia Vina and Nick Schofield, who are the two halves of Best Fern, who will be performing um, on Sunday as part of the Howell Festival at the uh, monthly event series Noise Sunday uh, at La Plante. Uh, info uh, you can find at howellarts.net. Um and um, we're going to be hearing a piece now, uh, which is, um, is there a name for the piece? Uh, away. Okay. Like two separate words. Okay. Oh, away? Away. away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Here we go. On Montreal Sessions on CKUT 90.3 FM. Thanks, Stefan. Thank you both. Thank you.
sound. C K K U T T 90.3 FM Another reliable communication channel. Howell Arts Festival 2016. Join us April 16th to 24th. Community discussions, concerts, dance, exhibitions, an activist art fair, and much more. Performances by Lamia Yarad, Beatrice Deer, Xara Dion, Elena Studley, Nenen, Orchestra Criminal, Kutsi Murky, Sarah Page, Will Eislini, Jonah Fortune, Sarah Albu, Odaya, Katie Moore, Saxon Drum, H. De Hutz, Kai Kello, Blunt Chunks, Ras Moshe, Sam Shalabi, Mohammed Masmoudi, and many more. Taking place at Casa del Popolo, La Sala Rosa, Casa Maza, La Kajibi. Full info, howlarts.net. This is a CKUT Radio co-presentation. Join Island Frequencies Tuesday, April 19th at La Vitrola for an evening of dance and music, opening up Howl Arts Festival with performances by Orchestra Criminal, who have been tearing up the town celebrating their album release, Tumult. Catchy tunes to put a good move on your step. Along with dynamic, explosive sextet, Kutsi Merki, performing Serbian and Bulgarian classics with jazz and rock influences channeling high phonetic energy. Et pour ouvrir la soirée, Color Inta, duo dynamique, présente un extrait de la pièce L'ineffable reste amer. Utilisant sa danse flamenca comme point de fuite, compose et construit avec des objets scéniques une dramaturgie sonore, crée un lien étrange évoquant le cœur obscur. $10, no one turned away. Tuesday, April 19th, doors at 8 p.m., La Vitrola, 4602 Saint Laurent. Island Frequencies and Howl Arts presents CKUT co-presentation. Africa. 
see us as we are mourning, moaning, calling out. See your children destroyed and yet dedicated to sound. Weak and yet strong. Brother John, Saint John, with a sequence of screams, calls your name every morning, every evening, every hour of the day, if only to tear heaven from the sky, baptizing. Blackness with ghetto cold, calling out clouds by name, uh, an army of four. To be is to die and be born again. Every morning, every evening, every hour of the day. Release me. From these burdens, this body, this cage, with words and a metal magic wand, I unite the physical with our spiritual home, crawling out from this loneliness and into the arms of Mother Africa, if only for a moment. Am I but a seeker? Let us unite. Who would use word and sound as their weapons? Who is a witch, doctor, and high priest at once? Whose magic black is even better than they say who has done everything they needed to do on this plane and so ascended to the next brother John CKT 90.3 FM in Montreal. Um, it is 4.25 in the afternoon, and uh, we just heard a, a collaboration um, that was recorded at Salarosa uh, between DJ Andy Williams and Jason Blackbird Selman. Um, that piece is called Africa, and um, the music selections by DJ Andy Williams is uh, referencing a piece by Loney Liston Smith. The track is Sisis, Egypt. And um, we're in studio with Jason Blackbird Selman. Hey. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, thanks for being with, with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's good to have you here. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk with you on CKT. <laughs> thanks, Stefan. <laughs> We've done it a few times. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, yeah, so there's a lot to talk about. Um, maybe 
we could just talk about that piece. It's so powerful. Uh, such a great recording. What, 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 what was going on? What's, what's that, that piece? Where were you coming from? I, I heard John in there. I think it's reference to Mr. Coltrane. It is. It's, uh, it's a Coltrane poem, and, uh, which is it's a good thing to do. Uh, it's, it's part of the you know, jazz poetry tradition, legacy, is, is to write poems about John Coltrane. And, and uh, that's one of my Coltrane poems. I have a few others. And uh, I really, really, really am in maze and am in awe of Coltrane uh, as an artist, mm. um, somebody who's just uh, insatiable in terms of his desire to explore his music and his instrument. Um, and I think that's part of what the piece is about and other pieces I've written are about. I think that's my fascination with him is about that, is about somebody who is so good, but yet has such a desire to be better. And it's such an explorer in terms of their work that I, I just would like some of that um, in my own work to just to be really s- someone who is always exploring, always practicing, always wanting to, uh, you know, chart new territory um, and go somewhere else with his music. So and also just the, the synergy of the band of his court his you know his great quartet and if you watch video of them playing live there's there's such energy hmm. such steam literally speaking um such heat hmm. from what they contribute uh, as a group hmm. together that I, there's nothing else like it i mean some things are similar but just i've always been amazed by that by how they play with such dedication conviction and intensity one line uh, in that piece that really strikes me is calling out clouds by name mm, yeah just saying mm, thank you. yeah it's really beautiful um on that recording you also hear um zib's uh black current mm-hmm. on percussion mm-hmm. um so and that that um performance at salarosa was uh, with DJ Andy Williams, but um, other members of the Community Vibe Collective, mm-hmm. uh, which you're a founding member of. Mm-hmm. And so you talked about synergy in mm-hmm. a band mm-hmm. and that communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a solo artist, but you're also an artist who joins a lot of, has been part of different ensembles. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if you could talk a bit about um, your process in joining an ensemble like community and how how it reflects in your solo work how um how also that space one term i've been used uh one one term that i've heard being used is the term community communion mm-hmm. that like the space community is um about that connection that profound connection um between the artists um and you know between the artists in the context of diaspora mm-hmm. between the artists in the context of black culture mm-hmm. um so if if you could talk a bit about how that space has influenced you and um well i would say in the context of community or, or any other group that i've been a part of the foundation always has to be respect um and humility and awareness 
mm-hmm. um, as much as possible awareness of what else is going uh, on around you in that moment mm-hmm. and wanting to contribute something, especially in, in a context like community where everything is live, everything is for the most part not rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be completely conscious in a literal sense mm. of what else is going on to not miss anything uh, and be able to contribute in a way that you're adding mm. and not subtracting from what has already been contributed, given. And that's always been my goal. Um, and then knowing there are moments where you're going to falter, mm. uh, where you're going to put in too much. It's like cooking. Or anything else, you know, you, you don't you don't want to destroy the flavors that are already there, and you're cooking live on stage with other people, mm. and their hands are getting in, and you want it to come out the best that, that you can. And sometimes you have to be really assertive to make sure something happens in that moment and set a foundation, uh, create a spark with the other band members that something happens and become a catalyst for for change and for inspiration in that moment and other times the best thing you can do is just not do anything and not play and not want to do a poem and know something else is coming in five minutes 20 minutes a half an hour or nothing Mm. and for me that's always been the struggle in community is to be humble throughout so I don't get carried away in wanting to be on every single track and knowing that for me to contribute and say something of meaning Hmm. in a night, I can do five poems if I'm inspired, but for me to be impactful, I only need to do one. And that poem can be one line. It really only has to be one line. And as a horn player, the responsibilities are different. People are expecting you to play on the majority of the tracks, but sometimes if I get lost or I don't hear anything or I'm not sure what the harmony is, the best thing I can do is just not play and wait it out. And there'll be another song that makes more sense to me that I get along with and I'll play on that song. Community has been such a, a important space in the city for so long now, uh, 15 years, I believe. 13. 13. 13 years, long time. Um, And I I would like to talk to you a bit about that project um, um, before we get into your upcoming uh, book, Zine. It's coming out this Saturday. Uh, Definitely want to look at that. Um, But before we get there, um, I I wanted to talk to you a a bit about community uh, in the context of this city. Uh, and, And what I mean by that is, you know, we live in this cultural metropole uh in in the canadian context at least you know yes and um community has held down a very specific uh space uh in the city in terms of creating space for for black culture Mm -hmm. also in terms of the issues that come up at community yes um uh, around social justice around struggles against racism um and it, it's such an institution, but it's still so grassroots. It's still so DIY. It's, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that, it's just so unusual to see that profound connection with community. Literally, I don't mean 
I mean community with a C in that context. Yes. But still being such such a strong institution and such a base of artistic support for so many people. I'm just wondering if you could share any thoughts about that. I think that goes back to Jason. And I don't want to say him alone, but I would give him the bulk of the credit because I don't worry about the artistic integrity of community because I know he will not waver in that regard in terms of what it is, what his goals are for the group and its history and its future. I'm not worried about that. I'm never really worried about that. Um, we all also, as a collective, are individuals with our own private and public dreams of what we'd like the collective to be and where we'd like it to go. And I've had my own and I've had to let certain things go and certain things I haven't let go. Um, but we have to negotiate collectively in terms of what we want it to be. And I think the fact that it's still here 13 years later is because he's been um, really, really really true to his vision of what it is, um, which is not something that is larger than life, but it's something that is communal and has to give um, back to the community and is made of the community and connected to the community. Um, and his profit is not the goal. You know, I think for me, my goals are... Um, I don't want to say spiritual, but my goal as a performer in terms of community is that making sure that we are connected to the audience and in communion with the audience and giving to the audience with every moment in a way that is real, in a way that you know you're not going to see it in a lot of other places. I mean, we've talked about it over the years as being, you know, kind of like church uh, in terms of it's it, it, there are spiritual uplifting um, moments where the band, you know, kind of start to levitate because everyone is really, really, really in sync. And for me, that's really important that we take those risks. And it's not about just being good musicians, but it's about being people who are in tune with one another. And, you know, the better you are and more cognizant of who you are and who others are, the easier it is to get to that place. But your technical ability is, is not um, something that will necessarily guarantee that. So for me, what I've, I, I always wanted is to be able to say something with my lyrics and my poetry that resonates with people that is honest and vulnerable and of the moment. And if I have to freestyle a poem because something has transpired and I feel the need to talk about it, I know that's okay. Um, that there's always more that we can do higher we can reach for and just give people a, f a really, really genuine and full experience. Mm. And I think that's been my goal and what I always strive for. And that's how I measure um, whether we've had a good or bad night. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
Thanks for that. Um, there's so much to talk about. Um, yeah, it's good to have you here. Um, it's 4.38 and you're tuned into Montreal Sessions on CKUT 90.3 FM. Uh, this month, the Montreal Sessions is hosted by Hell Arts Collective. And uh, right now we're in the middle of our festival um, that takes place uh, in April. Um, we're a grassroots group um, that uh, hosts this this festival every year. And, and Jason Blackbird, who's in studio, is one of the uh, artists that we've been lucky enough to collaborate with for a long time. Um, so on Saturday, you have the zine uh, coming out, the, the book or part of a book. Chapter, yes. Chapter of a book. Um, it looks great. It's really oh, exciting. Um, so maybe share with us a bit about that project. Well, the book... Uh, is called Africa as a Dream That Travels Through My Heart. And um, the first book is also entitled that. And the, the next two chapters will have different titles. But I see it as one collective work that I'm releasing, chapter one or book one mm -hmm. I see. of this book um, as it's finished. And I will release the other ones as they are completed. And then I will release an anthology of the work in all three chapters once that is done. So it, it's been in production for for a while and I've been writing off and on for a long time since the last book because the last book came out in 2007. So I think where I'm at now which is just kind of reflecting on why it took so long, what I was doing, um, did I in fact really have writer's block or was I just writing a lot of stuff that wasn't just in preparation for trying to get to the next level of where mm -hmm. I'm writing to be? Um, because I definitely think there was a few years of just needing to, to, to retreat as a writer and just live or just being overwhelmed or not being inspired to write. Um, but also looking back at things that I've written, uh, in the last few days or weeks, I realized that I, I did write a lot after the book. And I feel like if there was a burnout after the book, it might not have been immediate. It might have been trying to push to get to the next uh, release mm -hmm. a bit too much. Mm -hmm. But in regard to this release, I'm really happy and excited to have something new to give people. And I, and I feel, as I've said before, that this is my gift to Montreal. Um, because the book really is for Montreal and uh, the anthology will be for the broader world, but I kind of wanted to give them something um, before sure. the anthology comes out. So uh, it's a lot of writing, written to music, um, a cross-section of what I'm listening to, what my favorites are, what my new discoveries are. Mm -hmm. And uh, as books two and three come out, I will be be more selective in terms of what I want to write to and trying to create balance. Um, but I think the difference with this book is, uh, with difference from the last one is that was really focused on the jazz canon. Okay. And that to a certain degree made it easier. And I remember in the last book you wrote all, all the different poems were matched with, with jazz pieces. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, there's jazz in this book too. I would say it's it has to do much more with contemporary jazz artists, say people like uh, Robert Glasper uh -huh. um, or uh, Jose James. But I think 
I'm trying to in- deal with everything else that I listen to. And I think that's maybe the way that I think that there's jazz, which is very clear to me. And then everything else is in a different category. Okay. Uh, I see. Being a jazz student, I guess that's how I look at music. Um, so I'm trying to deal with the other genres that I love and the other artists that I love, but also try to curate it a little bit more. And I think also in terms of looking back, I start to see that by this point in, in the last book, I did really start to take stock of who I'd written to and say, what's missing? Sure. How is this imbalanced? Sure. Uh, and I think that's the, the test for me. The job for the next two books is to really balance out um, the playlist for book one okay. against what book two and three will be. Okay. So trying to be really, really selective and curate um, more mindfully. I think this was just strictly about seeking out inspiration, what songs am I listening to, what songs sure, are in sure. my earphones that at this particular moment, music I'm, that was part of your life. I'm just triggered by yeah. this song, I'm going to write to it. But now it's like, okay, who else do I want to give tribute to mm. by writing a poem to their work? Mm. And that's kind of where it's going now, the, mm. trying to be really, really um, direct and uh, purposeful in terms of who I pick. Thanks for sharing those reflections. Um, it's releasing on Saturday at Casa del Popolo. Yes. Um, I don't know if you'd be interested in sharing a, a piece from, from the... Yes, I can. Yeah. I will. Great. Um, so do you want to get to that now? Sure. Or? Great. Well, we're, we're in studio with Jason Blackbird Selman, uh, who's a founding member of the Community Vibe Collective and has a uh, the first part of a book coming out in zine format this Saturday at uh, Casa del Popolo, 4873 Saint Laurent. Uh, Jason will be in performance, poetics, trumpet, and also joining the event is Bad Weather, um, a project by Hadi, uh, a friend um, who mixes vocals with beats, a uh, really great project too. So that's this Saturday, and uh, we're here on the Montreal Sessions on CKUT 90.3 FM with Jason Blackbird Selman. just warming up the trumpet in the CKUT studios. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
I am rebuilding your mind piece by piece, body, soul, a memory to breathe, sing, cry, chant, wail, hum, moan, scream, forgive. Who is to destroy what angels on earth build? Leave love with no trace of itself, words on fire, swallowed up by the north beach, taken in by the tide, no connection, no past, no pulpit for the spontaneous, a life filled with quakes of the flesh. God whispering to you, daylight in your dreams, making honey from the silence of sound. A mind of throbbing pain, flame in the veins, in replacement of snakes, hawks and ravens where I should be, a heart made of rivers, red, brown, black, and blue, showing to itself a force that does not force. I am rebuilding this will to be on fire all the time, a watch made from the sacrifices of my ancestors, how I tell time, tell time what time it is. Divinity never forgets. Reborn to die. Death like concrete in the city, everywhere and nowhere. Love is such a shame when it dies. Liquid fire when rekindled. That's Jason Blackbird Selman here in CKUT Studios, um, who will be releasing that poem, among others, uh, this Saturday at uh, Casa del Popolo. Um, It's going to be a great event, really exciting. Thank you, Stefan. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, So what's in store for the the evening? Um, Well, Hattie's going to do a set. I'm going to do a set. Uh, I also want to announce that I spoke to Hattie yesterday, as you know, Stefan. And we're going to do a short talk back uh, about the book. So people have questions about my work, process, performance, style, anything else, um, feel free. Um, Hattie will be animating the talk back. It will be short at the end uh, of the performance just to give people a chance to ask questions. So a talk back, like a discussion between a discussion. you and Hattie. Exactly. Okay. Um, on the book and what I'm doing and what's coming and any other questions people will have that's pretty much it and uh, people can get the book on Saturday and that's that's it I'm just kind of you know sailing on trying to land this plane right now I can see it in the sky yeah <laughs> that's this Saturday the 23rd of April at Casa del Popolo 4873 Saint Laurent uh, Jason Blackbird Salmon launching um, a first chapter of a book called it's called Africa as a dream that travels through my heart and uh, Jason will be in performance with bad weather um, who who is a local Palestinian artist uh, Montreal or Palestinian um, should be a great uh, event really looking forward to it 
Um, and uh, that's this Saturday. Uh, doors are at 830, 4873 St. Laurent. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, should be great. So uh, thanks so much for coming into the studio today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so this has been the Montreal Sessions on CKUT 90.3 FM. Um, we uh, just have a few minutes um, left in the program, and I'm going to um, play a piece for you uh, from saxophonist uh, Rastafarian Alan Moshe, uh, who will be performing as part of the Howell Festival um, tomorrow night, actually, at... Uh, Casado Popolo. He's arriving this evening, and um, this is a solo saxophone piece uh, that was recorded uh, in New York City, um, and it follows up uh, in a lot of ways uh, from a lot of the the points we were we were just discussing with uh, with uh, Jason Blackbird. Um, so this has been the Montreal Sessions on CKUT 90.3 FM. We have one more edition. If you'd like more information on the Howell Festival, you can find all of that at howellarts.net. And I've been your host today, uh, Stefan Christoph. Thanks to the music department for their support and CKUT Radio. Um, and uh, again, we're at howellarts.net. Thanks to Best Fern for coming in for their interview and premiering a track. Uh, do keep it locked on CKUT 90.3 FM. Um, people-powered radio in Montreal.
Mm-hmm. <laughs> 